What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about legendary actress Julia Roberts and the movie Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. But first, let's talk about the career of Julia Roberts. Of course, I'm a big fan of Julia Roberts. Who isn't? She's one of the best movie stars of all time. I mean, by age 23, Roberts had already been nominated for two Oscars for her performances in Steel Magnolias and Pretty Woman. And as we all know, Pretty Woman is one of the best star-making performances of all time. That performance from Roberts still holds up. She has fantastic chemistry with Richard Gere. It's one of those movies where the performance is great, but the movie isn't. Like, in our minds, we all think Pretty Woman is a great movie. No, it's actually a pretty flawed movie. It's not perfect. But the performance from Roberts is better than the movie itself, and it makes you think that the movie is great. And that's the definition of a great performance. That's a definition of a movie star. A person who is bigger than the movie she's in. And I think the lore of Julia Roberts is that movie is that she's bigger than that movie. And then after all those successes, she went into a little bit of a hit or miss where she was in some commercial failures like Hook. And it was widely reported that she did not get along with legendary director Steven Spielberg on that film. I do not love the movie Hook, and I don't understand why Julia Roberts, one of the biggest movie stars at the time, is playing Tinkerbell. I just think she's bigger than that movie. That movie wasn't worthy of her. Listen, I love love Robin Williams. I would not put Hook on my top 10 Robin Williams films. Dustin Hoffman's Captain Hook is entertaining, but again, I think that movie is flawed, and that's when I think that Julia Roberts started to get to kind of a low point where she was in some movies that really weren't that great, like she had maybe lost the magic of Pretty Woman or even Mystic Pizza, a film that maybe is a little bit of a cult hit, but people really liked. People did not really like her in Hook. I mean, I even hear a bunch of people say how much they love the movie Hook. Nobody ever brings up Julia Roberts' name when they talk about what's really good about that movie. I just think she was in a film that was not worthy of her to be in it. And then she comes roaring back in the mid-90s and basically reinvents the rom-com. I think this was when Julia Roberts was at her most when it comes to her star power. Here are the three romantic comedies she starred in. First, you have My Best Friend's Wedding with Dermot Mulroney. Cameron Diaz is in that film. Rupert Everett. Then you have Notting Hill with Hugh Grant, which I think is such an underrated film. I love Notting Hill. I think it is arguably a top five Julia Roberts film, and then you have the underrated Runaway Bride, where she reteams with her Pretty Woman co-star Richard Gere. I actually really liked Runaway Bride, and I think the commonality in all three of those films that were all huge financial successes and basically reinvented Roberts' career was that she was playing a flawed character. Sometimes in these films, the females are the perfect ones, and the male protagonists are the ones who are enormous flawed. No, Julia Roberts was shining in these films being the one who had her own issues. In Notting Hill, she's a movie star trying to adjust to having a normal relationship with a man. In a film like Runaway Bride, she's of course the laughing stock of the town because she runs away from commitment. She really got to shine in those free films and play complicated characters and not be the boring female lead like most of these rom-coms have. She got to play an imperfect 
perfect character in all three of those films. Runaway Bride and Notting Hill both came out in the same year in 1999 and both of them made over $300 million. Think about where we're at with the rom-com right now. They basically just come out on Netflix and then we forget about them. Julia Roberts made this genre worth going to the movie theaters and buying a ticket. They were some of the hottest tickets in town because they're really good quality films. Again, I really like Notting Hill. Runaway Bride is not a perfect film, but I really enjoyed that movie as well. And oh, by the way, My Best Friend's Wedding made just short of $300 million at the box office. Think about that. The three rom-coms she's most remembered for each made over $300 million. That's Titanic star power right there because again, she was the biggest selling point of all three of those films. Yes, some of her co-stars are big names like Hugh Grant and Richard Gere, but they're not the major selling points. Julia Roberts was, and she was the biggest movie star on the planet at this time. And then Roberts got to a point in her career, it's not if she's going to win an Oscar, it's when she's going to win the Oscar, and she ends up winning it in 2000 for the film Aaron Brockovich, where she works with Steven Soderbergh, who, oh, by the way, was having quite a year in the year 2000. He came out with Aaron Brockovich and Traffic and won Best Director for Traffic. This is one of those cases where people will say things like, Julia Roberts should have won for Pretty Woman. This is just a makeup Oscar. This is a really good film. This film also stars Albert Finney, who you might know from the film Annie, among other things, and Aaron Eckhart in the really first big role of his film. He's, of course, most known for playing Two-Face in The Dark Knight. I don't look at the Oscar award that way. I just like to live in a world where Julia Roberts has an Oscar because it would be a crime if Julia Roberts finished out her career without having an Oscar. Yes, she probably could have won an Oscar for a better performance like in Pretty Woman, but Erin Brockovich is quite good and she's the reason it is. And again, look at how much money that movie made. That movie made $256 million. That's the star power that Julia Roberts had at that point in her career, that even her prestige films to get her an Oscar made a boatload of money. And then she reteams with Soderbergh to join the all-star cast of the Oceans trilogy. She's in Oceans 11 and 12, along with George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Don Cheadle, Casey Affleck, Scott Kahn, so many movie stars in this film. Andy Garcia of course has a pivotal role in Oceans 11. This was the height of movie stardom and Julia Roberts was the queen of the movie stars. It was the perfect role for Julia Roberts. And her character in that film, Tess, has extremely good chemistry with George Clooney's character, Danny Ocean. I absolutely love them in that film. It's a crime that she was not part of the plot of Ocean 13. I mean, how could you have an Ocean's film without Julia Roberts? Of course, you have the infamous moment in Ocean's 12 where Bruce Willis mistakes Julia Roberts' character the test as the real Julia Roberts. I thought this moment was a little bit too meta for movie audiences, but I thought it was really funny. Again, I really like Julia Roberts in those films. And again, why would she not in Ocean's 13? Please, if you ever bring back that franchise and those characters, Julia Roberts must be there. Roberts ends up getting a fourth Oscar nomination for her performance in August Osage County. I think this is an interesting film, but the reason I think it's important is because Julia Roberts and Mary 
Meryl Streep were on screen together in this film as mother-daughter. I thought they had a really good dynamic. They went at it. It's what you want to see for movie stars. Again, I think Julia Roberts is maybe the best movie star actress of all time, and I think Meryl Streep is arguably the best actress of all time. So to see them go toe-to-toe, I think the film was enjoyable. Now I want to talk about the career arc of Julia Roberts because I think it's so interesting because I think it's what most actresses go through. They go through that first point of being the next It actress where we we love to anoint people as great movie stars. It's what we did with Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. But then we equally love to be like, we don't like you anymore when a film like Hook comes out. We go, look, she lost her magic. She peaked at 23. And recently we've been doing this to some of our most love actresses of this era. Jennifer Lawrence comes to mind. Jennifer Lawrence has been a movie star. She's been in two franchises like Hunger Games, like X-Men. Then she won her Oscar for Silver Linings Playbook. She was also nominated for Oscars for American Hustle and Joy. And as quickly as we anointed her as the next big actress for her performance in Winter's Bone, we destroyed her for her performance in Mother, which, oh, by the way, is a pretty interesting movie. And I think we didn't like it because Jennifer Lawrence was like, I'm not trying to be a movie star here. I'm just trying to give a good, interesting performance. Lawrence wasn't playing that smart, witty character we were used to her playing. Another example is Brie Larson. Brie Larson made a name for herself in these indie films like Short Term 12 and Room and gave excellent performances. We gave her the Oscar for Room where like you're the next big movie star. Then she's in a movie, Captain Marvel, that's not great. It's not bad. It's just okay. And then we're like, we don't like you anymore. We were wrong about you. But the next stages of Jennifer Lawrence and Brie Larson's career is as much as we love to be like, we're done with you. We also love to come back around and say, yes, we were right about you after all. You are a movie star. It's the exact same thing we did with Julia Roberts. That's why I think you should compare most actresses' career to the career of Julia Roberts because I think that's the up and down nature of a career. We love to be like Julia Roberts. You're an all-time great. Then in the middle of the career, we love to be like, we're done with you. And then we love to come around and be like, here's your Oscar for Aaron Brockovich. If you're looking at a career that most movie star actresses emulate, I think it's the career of Julia Roberts. The recent success that Roberts has had, just in 2018, I thought she had an incredible year. First off, she starred in Sam Esmail's hit Amazon show, Homecoming, along with Stefan James. I thought she absolutely made that show what it was. So when I heard she wasn't coming back for season two, I was like, guess what? I'm not coming back to watch season two. And from what I hear, it's been quite a critical failure for that show. I thought she was brilliant in that show. And then she starred with Lucas Hedges in the indie film Ben is Back, directed by Lucas Hedges' dad, Peter Hedges. I absolutely love this film. Not enough people saw it. I think Julia Roberts should have been an Oscar contention for that film. Upcoming Julia Roberts projects include new collaborations with Sam Esmail, who's a great director, including his new film Leave the World Behind, co-starring Denzel Washington, who previously co-starred with Roberts in the Pelican Brief, and the Sam Esmail TV series Gap.
Gaslight, along with Army Hammer, Sean Penn, and Joel Edgerton. Also, Roberts is long rumored to appear in season six of the hit British series Peaky Blinders. That would absolutely make my day to have one of my favorite actresses of all time appear in one of the most underrated shows of this era, along with Killian Murphy. I really hope that happens. I mean, that that show knows what to do with movie stars. Tom Hardy is brilliant in that show. Adrian Brody was brilliant in that show. Anya Taylor-Joy has been brilliant in that show. That Julia Roberts would absolutely destroy in that show. She's had a -a one-of-a-kind career because Julia Roberts is a -a one-of-a-kind movie star. There's no one else like her. Again, most careers emulate that now. They go through that pattern. She is the definition of a movie star, and she's had the definitive career of a movie star. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Here's a quick synopsis. Legendary blues singer Ma Rainey shows up late to a recording session and has creative differences with the band's ambitious trumpeter Levy Green and she also disputes with the producer and the manager. I really like this movie. I think it's one of the better films of 2020 and add it to the list of really good Netflix films that have come out this year like Defy Bloods, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Mank. Netflix has a really good slate of movies and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is near the top of that list and that begins and ends with the late great Chadwick Boseman who does in fact give the best performance of his career. He's lively, he's full of opinions, and he has optimism over his future. He has way more dialogue than I'm used to Chadwick Boseman having in a movie. I'm used to him being the subtle lead character who's quiet and just goes about his business like Jackie Robinson in 42. And even with Black Panther, like I was just talking about Julia Roberts, I don't think of Chadwick Boseman in that same way. He's a different kind of a movie star. He's been in some really well-known movies, but he's never been given a chance to give a performance like the one he gives in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and he hits it out of the park. Like, this is an Oscar-worthy performance, and it's interesting that his other character is a different type of character than he's used to playing in his other film this year, Defy Bloods, which he could also get an Oscar nomination for. And yes, you can look at it and say this year should have been the beginning of something of his career, like the Five Bloods and movies like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. But the way I'm looking at it is from an optimistic point of view. I have seen the evolution of Chadwick Boseman as an actor, and this has been his best work, and he's left us with his best work. That's the way I view Heath Ledger when I watched The Dark Knight. I'm like, wow, he really went out with a bang. That was a great performance, and that's the same way I look at Chadwick Boseman. Whether or not he wins an Oscar or not, I think this performance will live on. Viola Davis, who stars as Ma Rainey, is really good in this movie, but I don't think the two-time Oscar winner will win her first as a lead. She's playing Ma, who's a bit of a diva, but rightfully so, because she knows that her employers think of her as a business and not a person. I think lack of screen time kind of hurts Viola Davis in this film, like she's not on screen as much as Chadwick Boseman. Boseman gives the more showier performance. And if we're talking about the best lead performance of her career, I think it's in Steve McQueen's Widows, which not enough people have seen. If you have not seen Viola Davis in Steve McQueen's heist movie Widows, definitely change that fact because that movie is so good and she's so good in it. 
The month of December has been the month of Coleman Domingo. First, he gave an Emmy-worthy performance in a special episode of Euphoria along with Zendaya, and now he's giving an Oscar-worthy performance in this film. He has some great scenes with Chadwick Boseman. I mean, this guy is putting on an absolute acting clinic this month. He is becoming a household name right before our eyes. I mean, he is in films with Zendaya, an Emmy winner, and now Chadwick Boseman, a movie star icon, and really, he's holding his own. He is such a good supporting actor. I hope to see him in more things. I think these types of films and movies are going to make this guy a star. He is so good in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Again, I would love to see him get an Oscar nomination for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and an Emmy nomination for Euphoria. That's how good he's been in the month of December. Again, the month of December is the month of Coleman Domingo. Know that name because if you see the Euphoria special episode and you see Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, you know this guy as an actor is unforgettable. The word I would use to describe his acting is smooth. Actor Glenn Turman is also having a big 2020. He was in this film and he was also in Ben Affleck's basketball film, The Way Back. I mean, this guy's having a really good 2020. This film is dealing with a lot of themes, like the dark side of the music business and how it's all about making a profit and not about art, how black people are treated like second-class citizens even when they are on paper successful like Ma Rainey. There's a scene where Chadwick Boseman is telling Viola Davis's character how he's going to become a big shot like her, and she's basically like, dude, I can't even travel to another town because of my race. It's not about being famous. It's not about being successful. It's about being a human being, and she's basically trying to say that this isn't the life that you really want. You're chasing after something that's unchaseable. She's basically trying to warn him in that moment that my life is not exactly what you think it is. That being this blues singer, I'm only important to them because I'm making them money. Where the Chadwick Boseman character thinks that if he makes them money, they'll start to care about him as a human being and they'll care about him as an artist. He thinks it's about the art. She knows it's about the profit. This is such a sad story and I've never seen it told in this way before. Like another musician telling someone the dark sides of the business. I also really love the ending. It's heartbreaking and dark and feels really honest. It's one of the best film endings of the year. I want to take this moment and talk about the five movies that Netflix are hoping contends for an Oscar. Here is my official ranking of the Netflix Oscar hopeful movies. Number one, Defy Bloods. I think this film is masterful. Spike Lee is still a master filmmaker. Delroy Lindo, get that guy an Oscar. Jonathan Majors deserves to get an Oscar nomination for this film as well. Number two, Mank. David Fincher is great. Gary Oldman is great. Again, I'd love to see him get an Oscar nomination. Amanda decipher it. I hope she wins an Oscar. Lily Collins, I think, gives an Oscar-worthy performance in this film as well. Number three, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Aaron Sorkin in his sophomore feature as a director really makes a masterful film. I love the dialogue. I love the fast pace. It's it's history, yet it's entertaining. I love it. There's so many actors in this film that deserve a nomination or a win for Best Supporting Actor. You have Sasha Baron Cohen, Eddie Redmayne, Mark Rylance, Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Again, so many people in this movie. It's such a fun cast. It's such a fun, watchable movie. 
I'm not sure how historically accurate this movie is, The Trial of the Chicago 7, but I know one thing, it's entertaining to watch. Number four, the movie I've been talking about on this podcast, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. This movie probably isn't a best picture contender at the Oscars, but I think it is a serious contender for Chadwick Boseman to take home an Oscar for his last great leading performance. I definitely could see that happening. Number five, Charlie Kaufman's film, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. This film is really interesting. It has really good performances from Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons. I don't see this movie winning many Oscars, but I do think Charlie Kaufman could contend for Best Adapted Screenplay because he did adapt it from a novel. He's a well-respected writer. I could definitely see him winning his second Oscar. That's my Netflix Oscar hopeful movie rankings. Again, number one, Defy Bloods. Number two, Mang. Number three, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Number four, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And number five, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. I definitely recommend you check out these films because Netflix has made some really good movies this year. And check out out Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Chadwick Boseman gives one last great performance. R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And this week I put the spotlight on the career of legendary actress Julia Roberts in the movie Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Next week I'm putting the spotlight on actor Adam Driver, the new Disney Pixar film Soul starring Jamie Foxx and Tina Fey and the latest film from Christopher Nolan, Tenet, starring John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, and Elizabeth Debicki. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. 